This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. All righty. Last financial book review for interviewing the experts of the principles of success. This is number eight, I believe. This one is the best investing book of all time, and it is Tony Robbins, Money Master of the Game, Seven Simple Steps to Financial Freedom. This is more of an investing book than anything else that I've talked about financially. He will break down everything in absolute great detail. This is where I get the mortgage, I mean, where mutual funds are bad and brokers are not your friends. This is where so much financial so much financial wisdom comes from. So, first takeaway for this is you have to master money. I wonder if we've talked about that before. Next big takeaway is you have to invest. Um, if you don't invest, you're going to never make a lot of money. You have to get money to work for you. That's what investing is, is getting money to work for you. The next big takeaway you have to know the rules of money. Talked about that one before as well. The next one is the nine myths. I'll come back to that one. I'm just going through these real quick. You also have to define what your goals are. How much money do you want? How, where do you... How old are you? How much time do you have to get to your financial goals? Um... The next takeaway goes into this and is what assets are you going to invest in? Because there's a lot of different ways you can invest. Real estate, stock market, bonds, mutual funds, index, all of these financial jargons. In fact, one of the things he talks about is that finance is its own language and you need to learn the language of finance. Um, another takeaway is becoming more valuable. Increasing becoming great at what you do. Increasing your value to the market so that way your income becomes higher. Um, he talks about annuities. This one I know we haven't talked about yet. An annuity is basically what the Social Security program was based off of. But because... It's government, it's not very efficiently run, and not to get too political, but it's not. In fact, I'm not happy that I have to pay Social Security because by the time I get to needing Social Security, it's going to be long gone. But that's what, so social, that's what annuities is what Social Security was based off of. Basically what an annuity is, is you give an organization government or insurance company, in this case insurance companies, your money 
and they will, they will pay you a set income for life. So, how annuity, why he recommends annuities is not for building wealth, because some people do try and con people into buying annuities to build wealth, but you want that guaranteed income once you're done. So, for your entire working life, you're building your nest egg or your money machine up and up and up and keep building it and keep growing it. And then once you have those several millions of dollars, you give it to an insurance company that you believe is going to stick around longer than you're alive for, uh, which he actually doesn't go into depth too much on that of what if it fails, which is one of the drawbacks that I see with annuities. Um, you give it to them and then they will guarantee you a fixed income, even if the market goes up or if the market goes down. Whereas if you try and just live off of your stocks and stuff like that, if something crashes and you're living off of it, well, your nest egg just got completely destroyed. And if you leave it in the market, it'll get rebuilt, but you're living off of it now. So it's not going to get rebuilt and you're, and it, and you're screwed. That's what happened to people in 2008 crash. That's probably what's going to happen to people during this crash. So that's what annuities are. So he talks about uh, climbing the mountain of finance with investing and all of that and skiing back down with annuities. So the next one is being prepared for disasters. Being Having an emergency fund, being prepared for crisis. And these are all finance books, but to impart a little bit of LDS wisdom, have some food storage as well. Have six to eight months of food storage at the minimum. Uh, because if things fall apart and you don't have access to food, whether it's an emergency or some natural disaster or something, everyone else is starving, you still have food. Having lots of money and no food won't do you much good. So be prepared for disasters. The next one is learn, study, grow, keep, learn the finance skills, learn other skills, learn your field, become good at what you do, become great at what you do, and never stop learning. Every millionaire, every billionaire, the average CEO reads 52 book or at least 50 books a year. That's a book a week. Make sure that you're studying, make sure that you're learning, make sure that you're reading good books. I'm giving you some of my best books on finance. I've read a lot more than these, but these are my favorite ones. So keep learning. And then the last takeaway before I go back to the nine myths is living life. You're giving back, doing all of that. Money is a tool. Use the tool for good, for your benefit and for others. And go, go travel the world and all of that. Um, and I talked... The first one we reviewed was the four-hour work week, and he talks about how your financial goal might be smaller than you think, because what you think is necessary for abundance of wealth isn't necessarily how much you need. Traveling is actually, once you're free from having to work for your money, traveling is actually cheaper than living in an apartment. So just to throw back to that first 
book review. So those are the big takeaways, and now I'm going to talk about the nine myths. And I'm just going to turn to the table of contents. Alright, myth one. The 13 trillion lie. That's where he talks about mutual funds. Uh, myth two, fees. People try and say that a 1% fee, a 2% fee, a 3% fee doesn't matter. If you have a 3% fee, you might as well kiss half of your investment income goodbye. Because due to the compound effect, that 3% gets compounded just like the rest. And that 3% will take away about half of what you would have gotten if you were at a much smaller fee. And that's why 401ks aren't necessarily your friend. Because 401ks often have a ton of fees. You really need to read this particular chapter if you're going to, if you're not going to read the whole book, probably read this chapter. So the next myth is returns, and it's basically annual returns versus real returns. And the best example of this that I saw was in this book, and it is, so you invest 50k into the stock market. It goes up by 50%. So now you have 100k. No. Now you have 75k. Then it goes down by 50%. But 50% going down, half of 75k is not 50k. It's much less than that. Then it goes back up 50%. And then it goes back down 50%. You've lost, a, they'll say the annual return is 0%, but you've lost half of your money. So that's why he breaks down the difference between annual and real. You really need to read the nine myths. If you're going to read anything, read the nine myths. Um, the next myth is I'm your broker and I'm here to help. Brokers are not your friends. It's like going to the butcher shop and asking what's for dinner. They're going to sell you meat. Doesn't matter if what you need is meat or not. Um, actually, a better example of this is going to a candy store and asking them dietary questions. Candy is terrible for you. Don't eat candy. But they're going to try and sell you some candy. The broker is going to try and sell you what makes his brokerage the most money. Not and what makes the brokerage the most money cost you the most money. Next myth is your retirement is just a 401k away. You need to make sure that your 401k is a good 401k. The reason why I said it depends is because if you work for a company that matches 401k, investing up to the match is generally an okay practice because they will usually cover the fees that most 401ks have. Um, the next principle, is, or the next myth, is target date funds. Target date funds don't work. Don't fall for that scam. That's essentially all I'll say on that one. The seven is, I hate annuities, and you should too. Already talked about annuities and why Tony Robbins actually recommends them. Um, so, 
I won't go much more into that. Myth eight is you gotta take huge risks to get big rewards. Most savvy investors will risk $1 to make five, so they can be wrong 80% of the time and still break even. Rule number one of investing is don't lose money. So do not take big risks to make big rewards. Take safe risks to make big rewards. So that's that myth. Myth nine is the lies we tell ourselves. So that goes back to the mindset stuff that we've already talked about. Make sure that you have a proper mindset with wealth and finance and yourself. Make sure that your self-negative talk is not harming you and being detrimental to your financial success. Anyway, that's my review for Tony Robbins' Money Master of the Game. This is the best investing book. Dave Ramsey's book, um, Total Financial Makeover, is the best debt book. Uh, financial Fitness is the best coverage of all the different subjects that are good for finance. Um, Richest Man to Babylon is the best basics. It's the best intro one, and it's the best to get people who hate to read to read, because it's not boring, it's a story. Um, the Richest Man in or the Think and Grow Rich, one of the most influential books, self-help books in history, so I strongly recommend that one. Um, Rich Dad Poor Dad, one of the best financial literacy books and understanding assets, liabilities, cash flow, um, income statements, all of that. It's the best financial literacy book. The Millionaire Mind is the best mindset book. Um, Think and Grow Rich is kind of the same idea, but I prefer The Millionaire Mind. And they actually have a financial course that you can attend for free. Um, so maybe check that out. And then the last one that was the first one, which was... What one was that one? <laughs> I didn't write any of the titles down. But Oh, The Ten Pillars of Wealth. I kind of just like that one. It's not really the best in anything. It's just a good financial book. And it's written in a book in ten pillars, so that way you can know the different aspects that he thinks are most important for wealth, and all of them are really good principles of wealth. So, those are, that's my mini-series on financial books, and hope you got value out of them. Go read all of them if you want. I recommend all of them, especially, but especially read the ones that you think that you need most help with. If you're in debt, read the debt one. If you're ready to invest, read the investing one. If you have a poor mindset on money, read the mindset one. Um, if you need to become a better version of you, read Think and Grow Rich. 
So if you mean intros, read Ten Pillars or Richest Man in Babylon. Now I will, I am thinking about doing one more financial episode on a YouTube episode by Valuetainment, and I probably will do that. And but if I don't, it is the Ten Skills Millionaires Master by Valuetainment. Go watch that one. It's like 20 minutes. You should be able to easily digest that one. And then hopefully my financial book will come out pretty soon after all of this as well. I wouldn't be surprised if it didn't because it's not a priority right now. But I'm working on kind of compiling all of my financial knowledge into one short booklet so that way people like you and like me, because I don't actually like to read, I like to listen, have a short bullet point list with a little bit with in-depth breakdown where needed for finance. Anyway, I'm going to end that there and I will see you all next week.